0: I'm so excited, of course, to be with you again, and I wanted to share with you some exciting things that will be taking place this week. Uh, David Wood will join me tomorrow and on Wednesday, and we will be here in studio. We'll be recording a number of uh, video shows. Uh, One of the series that we have been praying about is to do something about atheism. And show how that can impact, by the way, uh, the rise of atheism among young Muslims in the Middle East, including in Saudi, by the way. We would like to address it from different angles. Uh, David's own experience with atheism, of course. Um, We're both going to use biblical principles to talk about that and argue uh, against this notion that there is no God or God doesn't exist, especially from a Muslim who's been probably hurt and feels that there is no God to be found, which I perfectly I can understand and I can relate. I went through a phase myself as I was seeking Christ to the point that I felt that God doesn't exist anymore or he's nowhere to be found in my own life. But, um, you know, that's one of the things that we will be talking about. We're going to be using uh, also one of the arguments for the existence of God is the moral argument. And believe it or not, In a classic Al and David Wood style, we are going to use the prophet of Islam, whom I also like to total the uh, title as the prophet of doom. Uh, We're going to use his own violations of moral values as an example as well to challenge those who claim that there is no God. Now, you know, of course, if you are in ministry among Muslims, what I mean by that. How often do our Muslim friends keep asking us this famous question? Show me one verse where Jesus uh, where did Jesus say I am God worship me as if having that verse is going to be the solution to the problem as if having such a verse means that Jesus is divine and ignoring everything else you know basically uh, in the Bible that describes his divinity, including his own words, by the way, and how the Jews understood many times his statements. I mean, it's kind of really a silly argument. In fact, my favorite pushback against it is like, okay, well, show me in the Quran where did Jesus himself say that he is the Messiah? Where did he say that he is? his name is Isa. Where did he say that he is basically the son of Mary? And where did he say that he is the word of Allah? Where did he say that he is the spirit of Allah? If you can show me where he said any of these things himself, then I'll grant you that maybe we are lacking something in our Bible. But that's not the case. Absolutely not. So, I went through a journey. I'll give you a brief, basically, background Basically, this series is going to end up being probably, I'm guessing right now, between 10 and 12 videos, maybe longer. It depends on how deep we want to go. So far, I have covered at least seven videos, giving only four reasons out of many. Okay? So, for instance, the biggest question, of course, that we want to always ask ourselves is this. Jesus asked us, ask his apostles, whom do you say that I am? You remember, of course, uh, in one incident he was in, in Matthew chapter 13, uh, 16. He was at Caesarea Philippi standing there and asked, he says, who do people say that I am? And they began to give him reasons, the apostles. There, some will say, you know, they said, you're Elijah. Others said, you're the prophet. And then he looked at him and said, wait a minute. Who do you say that I am? That is an important question. You know why? Jesus is saying, I really don't care what others think of me. Who do you the ones that believe in me, you consider me to be. And that's really the way I want to address this issue. And I want my Muslim friends to understand. If you don't know Jesus, you will never know who he is. You can argue all you want about literal uh, phrases or what I call the dilemma or uh, the uh, you know, uh, exact phraseology syndrome, uh, basically. It ain't going to help you unless you seek him with an open heart and open mind by the guidance of the Holy Spirit who will convict you in your heart, basically, of sin, judgment, and righteousness, unless you are truly willing to know who Jesus is, you will never, ever comprehend the incomprehensible. Okay? So, uh, one of the things that happened that day when he said this, Peter looked at him and says, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, basically, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven... In other words, we need divine help and assistant to be able to comprehend who Jesus is. One of the reasons, of course, why Jesus is divine is that the Bible teaches that God is one. For instance, our Muslim friends somehow think that by merely believing that Jesus is God, meaning the Son is God and the Father is God, somehow we're, th- we're basically worshiping two or three gods because the Holy Spirit is included. That's not the case. God our God, who is so powerful, is one. But in one the oneness that we're talking about is monotheism, not Unitarianism. Okay, not an absolute oneness, basically. The oneness of God here has plurality to it. And, of course, you're welcome to go and watch my, I think, 16 video series that I did on the Trinity, where I walk you through the Scripture, uh, basically throughout the Old Testament and New Testament, to show you clearly... What does that mean? In fact, very soon we will be releasing the video series that I did also with Anthony Rogers talking about the Trinity, basically from the Old Testament. We did one, myself and Sam Shamon on the divinity of Christ from the Gospel of Mark. We will be doing more about the divinity of Christ from Luke and the divinity of Christ from Matthew. Why do we do this? Because we don't want people to think just John somehow is the one who amazingly discovered that Jesus is divine and all the other, uh, you know, gospel accounts ignore that. That's not the case at all. Just go to the gospel of Mark, chapter 2, verses 1 to 12, the story of the paralytic that his friends basically cut a hole in the roof of the building or the uh, house where Jesus was teaching. They lowered him. Jesus looked at him and says, your faith, basically have saved you. Your sins are forgiven. And then he made him to stand up and walk. And Jesus basically was saying, playing into the cultural mindset that people of those days and even this day in the Middle East, you you hear people saying, oh, this person is crippled because he's a sinner or his parents were sinners. Jesus says, no, if he was indeed a sinner, I forgave his sin. And the proof of that he's healthy now and he can walk. That's what Jesus did, but he said something interesting at the end. He says, "This was done so that you might, you may know that the Son of Man, not the Son of God, the Son of Man, meaning in His humanity, has power to forgive sin on earth." You see, that's what the mo- the most important thing that Jesus was trying to emphasize. By the way, of course, one thing I want to mention to you: this particular show right now and. Uh, we'll take about 24 to 25 minutes is part of also my radio show called Let Us Reason. So it will be part of the podcast. So at some point uh, when we hit the uh, 24 uh, minute mark, give or take, we are going to wrap it up and then we'll take a minute or two break. We'll come back again and do another uh, radio show. In that case, we will hit basically multiple birds with one stone. We're going to do a YouTube uh, video out of this. I'm interacting with you and enjoying that as always. And we'll be doing two of my Let Us Reason podcast. The other thing I want to remind you of is that today at 5 uh, p.m. as well, Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, I will be doing another uh, two-part uh, ra- uh, basically Facebook Live that will be two-part, I should say, radio as well. So mark your calendars, spread the uh, the news, uh, tell your friends that 5 p.m., uh, which is in three hours from now, give or take, I will be live again tomorrow, Lord willing. Uh, I will bring David Wood to Facebook and we'll do a live show. In uh, Facebook as well, we'll keep you posted on the time. And then he and I will do also another live show, most likely on YouTube. We don't know yet whether his channel or mine, but we will keep you updated. Here is another reason that I covered, of course, why Jesus is divine according to the Bible. The fact, like I said, that the Bible teaches that God is one and Jesus emphasized this oneness. You know, in Deuteronomy 6 verse 4, the Shema, uh, uh, basically, or Shema Israel, it says... Uh, Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And the one here, echad, in the Hebrew is extremely powerful. Why? Because it's the same, uh, uh, basically, description that is used in marriage in Genesis 2.24 to describe how two in marriage become one flesh. It says, For this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and cleave into his wife, and the two shall become echad, echad, one flesh. Two persons, one in essence. The same thing about the Trinity. It's one in essence. The Trinity basically states that within the one being, that is God, there exists eternally three key, co-equal and co-eternal persons. Father, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So this is the kind of stuff that I covered. Another reason that I gave. I'm just uh, flipping through uh, some of the notes that I have here. Another reason why Jesus is God, according to the Scripture, is that the Bible teaches that Jesus pre-existed before the creation of everything. In John one one, it says, "In the beginning, the Word." Meaning, in eternally past, the Word was with God and the word is God in the beginning of the word and the word was with God and the word is God and then it says or was God and then it says and the word became flesh and dwelt among us that's amazing exact same thing you know, you will find in Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth, made the heavens and earth. In John 1.1, 1, 1, basically proceeds to tell us in verse 3 that all things were made by him, and aside from him, nothing was made. He is the creator of everything. How can he create everything if he himself is created? You know, Uh, That's uh, some of the things that I like to use to uh, basically challenge those who deny the uh, the divinity of Christ. In fact, Jesus himself in John 17, verse 3, John 17, uh, 3, uh, one of the famous passages that our Muslim friends like to use all the time. 17, verse 3, it says, And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you sent. Notice, you have to know both the Father and the Son to be saved. To have eternal life. Not one. Both. But God is one. And Jesus basically acknowledged this. I'm going to move on now to give you a third reason quickly. Another reason why Jesus is divine according to the scripture. Which by the way all of these reasons that I'm giving you. We did this video show. Video series about that we will be releasing soon. And we called it Biblical Reasons Why Jesus is God. So I'm just giving you a teaser here, technically speaking. Another reason is that the scripture introduces Jesus to us as the creator, not creature. He's the creator. He's the maker of all things. Uh, one of the favorite passages that our uh, friends who are Jehovah Witness love to use is in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, where it says that Jesus is the firstborn of all creation. And they get stuck there and they say, see? He is made, basically. He's created. Why would it say he's the firstborn of all creation? Well, that's not the case. The firstborn here is used as a designation of authority, preeminence, and basically, and the metaphor here is the firstborn. David was made, basically, the son of God and the firstborn, basically, of all kings, all the kings on the earth, basically, metaphorically speaking, even though he wasn't the firstborn. Jacob was made like the firstborn of Isaac, even though he wasn't the firstborn. And uh, the blessings that basically Jacob gave to the sons of Joseph, uh, Ephraim and Manasseh, he blessed the young ones, basically, as if he was the firstborn, even though the, uh, he was not the firstborn. So we go through all of these passages, give you enough background to see why the choice of words was intentional in the scripture and how the Lord himself wanted us to know that Jesus being the firstborn is a place of honor for him, place of authority and place of preeminence. Now, I'm going to get to another reason. That's that Jesus himself, Jesus himself identified himself, by the way, in the scripture as divine. And that's really what blows my mind away that our Muslim friends always insist that Jesus never said that he is God or as if he has to say it in the exact same phraseology I am God, worship me. It doesn't work that way, by the way. It does not work that way at all. Notice what Jesus told the Pharisees in John 8, 13. He says, I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Wow. Show me a single prophet that said something like this. You have to believe in a prophet, otherwise you'll die in your sins. Jesus basically says, unless you believe that I am, basically, and that's the Greek word that is used here to describe who God is in Old Testament. For instance, in Exodus three fourteen, when God appeared to Moses uh, at the burning bush, or even in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah in chapter 42 and chapter 43 and the likes, basically, the I am basically was attributed to Yahweh, uh, to God. And uh, in the Greek translation of the Old Testament, the Septuagint, basically, they used I am to describe God, and Jesus used these I am statements to attribute to himself. And interestingly enough, the Jews understood what he was saying, because after saying this, they said, who are you? That's what they're saying. They understood what he was trying to tell them, and they were troubled by the fact that he Uh, A mere man, they're looking at him, can attribute something like this to himself. And then in John 8, verse 58, he told them about his pre-existence. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. That was extremely important. Now, uh, we are going also to uh, look at a passage from Isaiah that kind of like, Uh, uh, It resembles what Jesus says about the fact that people will die in their sin uh, simply because God is the one who is going to remove our sins. For instance, in Isaiah 43 verse 10, it says, It is I who have declared and saved and proclaimed, and there was no strange God among you. So you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and I am God, even from eternity I am he. You see why Jesus was using these I am's in uh, Isaiah 43 25 it says I even I am the one who wipes out your transgressions who wipes out your sins your iniquities, for my own sake because of my grace technically speaking and I will not remember your sins. Jesus is described as the Lamb of God who take away the sin of the world and I showed you that in John 8 13 he says unless you believe that I am he you will die in your sins. I mean, it's really amazing the amount of evidence that is found in the scripture, both Old Testament, New Testament, things that were said by Jesus himself and things that were not said by Jesus directly, but they were attributed to him by the Holy Spirit. Regardless of everything that we present, our Muslim friends keep going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth over these types of issues. Now, I have probably another nine minutes, give or take, uh, to finish this first episode of Let Us Reason. Again, this is going to be a YouTube video uh, talking about uh, biblical reasons why Jesus is the Son of God. Uh, Jesus is, is God, why Jesus is divine. And I shared at least four different reasons so far, summarizing the seven videos that we have done to date on that topic. This is a new series, apologetic series, obviously. We're going to title that series uh, Biblical Reasons Why Jesus is God or Why Jesus is Divine. Now, uh, what I'm going to do now is to share reason number five with you here in this particular show, and then we'll continue in the next one, part two of this particular reason. Now, this is uh, basically going to end up being a podcast on my own radio show called Let Us Reason. You can always find this radio show on our website, SiraInternational.com. You can also go uh, to uh, uh, Google uh, in iTunes and in uh, Spotify in uh, also uh, Omni Studio and just type Let Us Reason with Fadi and you will have access to all of these archived shows. So this one, We'll end in about maybe eight minutes from now. We'll take one minute break. I will come back and do another podcast, which also will end up being a YouTube video, part of this series that we have titled, Biblical Reasons Why Jesus is Divine. Now, another reason why Jesus is divine is that the apostles identified Jesus as divine. Every now and then, I'm going to project some passages for you to see for yourself. Now, um, Jesus and his apostles identified him basically as divine. The apostle Peter, for instance, described Jesus as our God and Savior. You remember also uh, Thomas, known as the Th- Thomas the Doubter, in John 20, verses 26-28, he says, My Lord and my God. Jesus never rebuked him for saying something like this. In 2 Peter 1 1, in Titus 2.13, we find declarations like this. In 1 Peter 3.15, uh, Peter says, Honor Christ the Lord as holy. Okay, uh, Jesus' own half brother James, who was an unbeliever, basically described him as the Lord of glory in James chapter 2, verse 1. Uh, the same thing in 1 Corinthians 2 8. The same thing in uh, Psalm 24 7 to 8 describing Yahweh. What man or prophet basically described themselves this way? Please show me. Nowhere that you will find something like this. He's identified as the Alpha and the Omega. You find this in Isaiah 44 verse 6, Revelations 22, 13. By the way, Revelation is the word of Christ himself. Jesus is the one who's speaking through John. Jesus is the one who's asking John to report certain things. I don't know why my Muslim friends end up missing this entire book, technically speaking. Once again, because you have an agenda in your mind because you've been brainwashed to believe a certain thing. And therefore, you're not willing to accept anything that goes against it. The writer of the book of Hebrews, an amazing book, by the way. The first few chapters alone are rich with passages to show the glory and the divinity of Christ. He quotes from the Old Testament. Even Yahweh says, your throne, O God, speaking of Jesus, by the way, called Jesus God, called him the Lord. Uh, and, And somehow my Muslim friends end up missing that. I don't know why. The author basically of Hebrews identified Jesus, the son, as superior to prophets, superior to angels, worthy of our worship. Basically, he's superior to Melchizedek, superior to Moses, superior to the law and the high priest and everything else. All of this to show that Jesus basically is divine. Let me show you Second Peter 1.1. 1, 1. We're going to cut to that slide right now. Simon Peter, a servant and uh, uh, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours, meaning were saved by grace, by faith, by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Who is the God and Savior that saved us? Jesus Christ this is Peter the apostle Peter who should know better as a Jew not to blaspheme against God but no by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit he said the truth look at another passage that we see in basically Titus chapter 2 verse 13 looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Christ Jesus great God and Savior Christ Jesus Well, uh, I want to, of course, as always, ask you to send us comment and uh, uh, send us uh, uh, basically, uh, uh, you know, your uh, feedback or questions. I see that uh, Ben Malik is mocking already and he's calling me basically a great character in Star Wars. That's awesome. You know, as I advise you, Ben, you need to get a hat like this. This is even more superior than the hats that they wear at Star Wars. But thanks, brother. Uh, by the way, um, I'm not going to reveal the identity of who uh, Ben is, but he is associated with our dear brother Sam Shimon. And Sam will be with me this year, as always. And he and I, we need to work out the dates. And we will continue doing the great work that he's been doing. I really encourage you to go and watch some of his amazing videos that he's done recently about Jehovah Witness. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. In fact, I am asking him to kindly consider that we do those right here in the studio. So I'm thankful for the dear brother. Now, let me stop here. Pause for a second. I want to go to your comments and see if there is anything uh, that is basically happening now. Um, I want to just take a look and see if there's any specific questions that are being asked. Um, I'm not seeing really any particular questions here. Um, uh, one of our friends, uh, did, did you guys see any questions? If you see anything, just uh, stop it for me. All of these are wonderful comments, but uh, we are not really seeing any particular questions at all. Um Obviously, you guys are having a heyday right now with Ben Malik. He's definitely a source of entertainment to all of us. Uh, Arbit is saying, yes, undoubtedly, um, uh, you're my beloved uh, elder brother, Sam. Uh, you're welcome, brother. Okay, I don't know. Uh, there, there is a side conversations taking place here, uh, basically. So, again, if you have any questions, please uh, send them my way. Uh, otherwise, um, we are going to come back in a few minutes. And do a second part of this particular show. And hopefully uh, you will be able to um, formulate more questions or even invite others to join us. Once again, uh, what I shared with you is just a, uh, uh, you know, basically a number of reasons from the scripture why uh, the Bible teaches us that Jesus is divine.